Hello, welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 5. Um, thanks for joining us on Popcorn for Dinner. If you're new here, obviously we discuss different shows and we've got a movie podcast as well, is The Cinema. Um, we're covering Loki, as you can see. We're covering Gen V, or actually at this point we've covered Gen V, the full season, first season. Um, we should be back for season two, so check out our episodes on that. We've started covering Invincible as well. Um, for the next four weeks, we'll be dropping episodes on that. Um, look through as well, you see we've got episodes on a lot of different shows that you might find interesting. Sex Education, Top Boy, Winning Time, different shows. Um, on the Is This Cinema podcast, we recently just dropped an interview with Jordan Pitt and Lee Daly, who are the co-director and producer of untold stories here on set um fascinating documentary talking about you know um some of the i guess things that people go through on set as black people and things like that um and also we've dropped an episode on the new martin scorsese film killers of the flower moon so please check those out and yeah like subscribe share with your friends and yeah today um it's just two people today so i've got myself and one guest and we're welcoming back Jeremiah to talk to me about this episode. Jeremiah, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, glad to be back as usual. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, I think, I feel like this episode, you know, we said last episode was kind of like giving us season finale energy. I feel like this episode was just a chance to like breathe and just like mm -hmm. kind of, you know, let your hair down and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the episode? Like general thoughts? I mean, I liked it because, you know, we were getting just little snippets of what we were talking about before, of what we would like to see, like people's lives. Um, I mean, shout out to Mo and his colleague Britt, who had that theory about Casey and Alcatraz. Like that mm -hmm. was like it was spot on. That was great. Yeah. Um, things like that were nice. But again, I kind of wish there was another episode between well i mean it depends on how big episode six will be but i kind of wish there mm -hmm. was another episode between this and episode six just because like you were saying it felt like a season finale and i was saying it felt like a mid-season finale or maybe if there were eight episodes instead of six then this mm -hmm. would even feel better because then you kind of get like the second plot of the season instead this is supposed to be like we're going into like the finale of the season but it was still very we get to relax for us mm -hmm. like in a bit and it's okay and there's still consequences for that but for a second it was kind of like we're leaving all the action into the final episode and that mm. it would i trust these writers but it could be a big risk yeah i get what i get what you're saying and i've seen like similar stuff like online with people saying things like that but i think i'll kind of play on the show side here because i feel like um yeah, because some people have been like harsh and said like this is like a filler episode. I don't think it's anything like that. But I think one thing that was very important for me in this episode was like, as much as yeah, that felt like a finale. It's like we're going back to that. It's not like we've introduced like a brand new threat and we've got one one mm. episode to take care of it. It's like we're going back to the stuff we've seeded. So I feel like again, it depends on how they stick the landing and stuff. I feel like because we're going back, like it's enough for um what to call it for like one episode to deal with um yeah. there's actually a lot of parallels i got like from like i feel like five and six would give us almost kind of like an infinity war end game kind of thing and i feel like the fact they are going back to fight the same i guess kind of threat and stuff um i think it just gives you the chance like you don't have to like we explain stuff like imagine there was some other like new villain like people were theorizing now <laughs> you'd have to start explaining their motivation okay what have they been doing all along all these kind of things but i feel like they've, mm. they've played it quite well where we've had a bit of a breath um and then i think also from like a practical point of view this episode is probably cheaper than some of the other ones we've had <laughs> so at least you've balanced out the budget a little bit and then mm. you know you set yourself up for a big finale. But like I said, yeah, I, I I'm excited, and you know, like I said, some people were harsh about it, but I also saw like I think this was the first like Loki episode to like break into top five trending in the US. Um, oh, so good for it, and yeah, because people have been down. I think maybe people are down at the MCU in general. But like I saw a report that like the first episode of this season like had thirty nine percent. Oh, this season, okay. Yeah, had like thirty nine percent less viewers than season one of Loki. So I know, I know some people have been hating the show, but I don't know. I feel like I've loved it so far and I really hope they stick the landing. 
Same, same. Because I think even on all your wait, when you're saying one episode would be enough, I think ultimately, as I was watching, I was hoping they would finish this part. Because remember, we talked about it. I think mm-hmm. Mo or you said that you didn't want them to have exactly this one episode of all this going on before yeah. the action. And I was saying, I think we'll at least have half an episode, if not the whole episode. I wish we had just half an episode of that, just so we could sort of get into the intensity of the finale already. But I'm also okay with the journey that Loki and the characters have had to go to because that whole thing we'll get into of him learning to control his time slipping and understanding what really is at the core of it is probably not something they would have wanted to rush so it's fine that they did it as one episode it's just frustrating that we have to wait for yet another episode and we know that we only have one episode left that's just like I'm sad that the season's coming to an end yeah yeah definitely like like i said this is my favorite disney marvel disney plus show so yeah i'd always be here for more but yeah let's get into it so obviously the first sort of thing in the episode we pick up from the cliffhanger and it turns out like everyone except loki interestingly has kind of been reset to where they were on the timeline um except loki and sylvie and we get to kind of see thoughts yeah we'll get into that and i get and we get to kind of see why or like how these people were living, I guess, before they went off the path and became variants and stuff. Um, we obviously mentioned Casey being actually Frank, who's trying to escape from Alcatraz. Um, we saw B-15 is a doctor in 2012 in New York. I thought the time um, where people lived as well was interesting. We saw Mobius as Don. He's a single dad with two boys. He sells a jet ski and pretends to be on a jet ski in order to help sell it. Um, we meet A.D. Dog in 1994, Pasadena. That's O.B. He's a part-time um, theoretical physics professor, but his passion is really as a sci-fi writer. And you see that, you know, he's not really having a good time selling his books. Um, so, yeah, so we get to see our, like, you know, our our old crew again and, like, who they could have been and stuff like that. Um, what did you make of it? And... Who who do you feel like was your which did any of them shock you or anything like that? Yeah. Or like is there something that shock? Maybe not shock, but like who did you say like, okay, that's interesting that that person was doing that kind of thing? I think interesting all of them, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Shock, no. Um the Alcatraz one didn't shock me simply because it's a it's a theory that had been thrown in my face already so when it happened that was more confirmation maybe that would have shocked me if anything because casey is such a happy-go-lucky yeah like he's the only character that we're seeing a turnaround for like this is a criminal that wants to steal a temp out all of a sudden like that's the only one and there are parallels with casey's behavior at the end of that episode and the end of episode four that we can get into too but um when it comes to mobius or Don, I love the name Don. I just I like seeing. Owen Wilson that. looks like a Don, doesn't he? Exactly. That my thoughts were. Oh, so this is why Owen Wilson was cast in this role. <laughs> like we're just watching a regular regular. He just Wilson looks like character. a Don. It's weird, but he, I don't know how to explain it. But I was like, Don feels right. Everything from the way he talks about his life is just like, yep, this is Owen Wilson. We're watching like we we just we just left the MCU for a moment to watch a comedy movie that has Owen Wilson and some of his usual suspects with him and something and. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Um, B15, she's a doctor and she's helping people and somehow still carries like whatever it is that she's, whatever essence she's been communicating to us through the screen this season is still there. So nothing is surprising there. And then with Obi, they almost got us with the idea that he was just a writer, but then he just casually mentions that he's also a professor of theoretical physics, even if that isn't really his passion. And my pickup there was like, as much as all these people are doing functions that like at least they're people that like you can see just how much of a prison the TVA is kind of especially mm-hmm. in the case of Obi for example we know that theor- theoretical physics is not his passion he's good at it but he has been taken to the TVA for that skill and he's permanently doing that skill but now we just discover he doesn't even love that that's wild um it's the same thing with mobius as mobius has been scared to look back at his life and we see that he's conflicted about leaving his children behind knowing fully well that they don't have their mother so as far as he's concerned he's abandoning his family that's big like as much as it was lovely to see these people 
were also getting that idea that, yeah, like what Sylvia is saying, they were robbed of their lives. These are who they could be. And it's sweet, but it's also dark in that sense. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I think for me, like seeing all of them, like, I guess maybe Casey, because I don't know, like I wasn't thinking too much about the theory. So that kind of hit me a bit. I was like, okay, he's, he's like trying to break out of Alcatraz and all these kind of things. And, and weirdly, he's like almost like the alpha in the group because the other guys just look so confused. <laughs> I'm like, this is very different. But like with B15, I feel like she's the most empathetic character on the show. So her mm. being a doctor makes sense because like, if you think about the biggest things that have kind of happened, like the atrocities that have happened on the show, but like she's been the one to almost kind of sell the gravity for us. Like when, you know, the timelines start getting pruned by dogs, she's the one to be like, those are people dying, you know? When Miss Minutes puts on that machine and grinds people to whatever, she was the one that sees it and you can see the horror on her face that these people have been yeah. ground into whatever. So for her to now be a doctor and I think a pediatrician as well, to be specific, it was very like, man. And then seeing OB or what's his name? AD Dog. What a name. <laughs> like, I don't know. I kept thinking like there would be something about it, but like AD Dog, I was like, okay. Um, with him, I, for a period, I was worried. I was like, is it going to be something where their old memories are, are kind of like bleeding in? Because I don't know if it's just me, but that his man cave looked a lot like that his office in the TVA. Like just the shape of mean. everything, the shelves. I was like, this really has that vibe of that office. I was like, is that just a gag for us to like pick up on? Or or was it like, um, you know, like maybe they remember a bit of it? Because I was, I was trying to think like there's two ways we're going to go here. Either Loki's going to have to convince them, which is what we ultimately went with, or somehow like deep down they have those memories and he has to like snap them back into it or something. Mm. Um, I'm glad it wasn't the latter. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. That yeah. would, I don't feel like that would have been as compelling. Yeah. I think, I don't know about memories bleeding in. I think it's more that they're the same people. Mm. So for example, Mobius sells jet skis and he feels a light calling, not necessarily well, like a light whisper. He said it, not a light whisper, yes. Yeah. yeah, a light whisper, not a strong calling. Um, and they're, they're jet skis. Are, I don't know what um, Casey's own drawing towards. I, I have no idea what he was doing that got him yeah. in Alcatraz in the first place. But like, again, everything we were seeing about them kind of gave us an insight into who they are. So it would make sense that if you take these people from their lives and put them in exposition at the TVA, they would do certain things. I don't know if that means that Obi had some um, thoughts about, or some uh, like the interior design thoughts about how his floor in the TVA should look like because I picked up on that as well mm -hmm. but I thought maybe maybe it's just the fact that he being a scientist and a, like maybe he's just someone that's quite cluttered in his space like yeah maybe that's just it like he just puts things where they are because like I'm looking at he's when they're talking about the sons of Yerim he's like I'm sure I can find a copy here and Loki's just there like we're standing on a pile of the same book <laughs> right now like how disorganized is this person and I think that's just Obi's personality like but, but I don't I don't, I don't think that was him being disorganized I think that was him trying to put up a front like oh I'm this successful like author and my book is is selling Perhaps. and stuff like that but meanwhile it's actually BS and it's everywhere yeah and at least to your point on like how the offices look the same, I just feel like everything is everywhere. Yeah, it's like, messy. <laughs> he he probably knows he probably knows where it is. It's probably organized chaos, knowing who Obi is, but it looks like chaos to the untrained eye. Yeah, true, true, true. But yeah, no, I thought I thought it was nice for us to see them and get a little bit of their lives. But mm -hmm. you know what leads us into this is that Loki has time slipping again, and he's time slipping not only just in time. I don't know now it's time and space slipping, I guess, because it's almost landing at these different places with these people. And I think it leads us to a very like nice kind of scene with Obi, where it's kind of the exposition, but trying to like getting us all together. We get another appearance of probably the goat of this season, which is the TVA guidebook, because without, <laughs> without that book, I don't think the plot of this season happens. So, and I love the fact that it's a literal book. Like, it's not like some iPad or some, some like, flash drive or Magic CD. It's, actual, it's an actual book, like, handwritten. So it's like, okay, It would be cool. interesting giving Obi an iPad in 1994. I mean, AD Dog. That was another thing that hit me as well. Like, you see, that's why I was like, about the time that we met these people, because... You see that Obi is using like 
old school tech, right? But if you mm-hmm. think about the TVA, a lot of the tech is like that. Like it looks old school. Like the computers look old school and stuff like that. I wonder like if because he, I, I imagine he built a lot of that stuff. Like that's them telling us like, okay, it's because that's kind of what tech looked like in his own thing. Because perhaps, yeah. Look at the screen for like the temporal loom. This is like the most advanced thing or supposed to be like the most advanced thing ever. It looks like, you know, like old school desktop. Like it has the thing at the back, <laughs> like microwave vibes. And it's like, that's the kind of computer as well he had as his place. So I was like, okay, cool. This is probably just, again, another like nice little, I guess, Easter egg for lack of a better term. But yeah, yeah. it was really nice. Um, so yeah, so we get the book and I think it leads us to a conversation I really liked where um, Ubi is talking about science and fiction. And it's like with science is what and how and with fiction, it's why. And trying to get Loki to understand how to, um, I guess, try to control his time slipping because it's like, no, it's not random. And it's like, I don't know, I just really liked that conversation. And I think that line especially just kind of sat with me. And it's just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, when you think about it, like, it's just like, you know, when we're doing experiments, it's like, ah, how do you do that? Why is it always this? Why is it always that? And then um, on the fiction side of things, you know, just things happen for a particular reason. Like, it could be to sell a narrative. It could be to this thing. But, yeah, it just really hit me. I don't know. What do you think about that scene? And, like, you know, the guidebook being the good as well. No, I agree. Like, that's an struck with me as well. But the main thing I was focusing on was even when, like, I, I looked at that as what is communicating to the Watcher as well, as in mm-hmm. us people viewers, not the actual mm-hmm. character the Watcher. <laughs> um, no, I, I was thinking about it, like, a lot of the time we actually get lost in, sometimes people are watching a show and they're like, oh, this isn't realistic. Or, oh, well, if, if, if this happened, then technically it would mean this and this uh, this is impossible. And mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about in the sense of where the rules of that universe are broken. Yeah. It's like, we forget that we're not just dealing with science, we're dealing with science fiction. Mm-hmm. And so with fiction, it's not just about the what and the how, it's also about the why, but also because it's fiction, what you might think is possible or is impossible is suddenly possible because there's they, they exist within the rules of that universe of whoever created that story. Um, so a lot of the time when you're focusing on this isn't realistic, it's like we're watching a thing about, you know, a purple alien comes and commits mass genocide in the entire universe, <laughs> but then somehow that's not the worst thing that has happened in the timeline of this, like, multiverse or whatever. Like, yeah. this is not a reality, but at the same time, there is a science to it. And that science is established within that universe. I think the only problems come where you establish something within your story and then you go and break that thing with no explanation. Yeah, that's exactly. where we should, that's when, yeah. But like, it's just a nice touchback, like as watchers, like it's okay to switch off your brain isn't really the... Um, the right term. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, it's okay to just relax and actually let them explain what their world is to you and then tell you their story. Um, I like that. And again, like the significance of that throughout the episode for... Um, Loki being able to figure out what it is or why he's driven or what exactly, like how, just explain the time Mm -hmm. because I think we kind of covered this when we're talking about episode one and two. I think I said we've seen that Loki's time slipping and we've Mm -hmm. seen him stop time slipping, but there was never any explanation as to what caused the time slipping or what it was about. So I was expecting that to be revisited. So things like that, I, I like that scene for just picking out all of that, like we're going to explore Loki with this newfound power that he apparently has because yeah. I still have questions about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, at the end of the episode, it comes, it becomes a full-fledged power, right? But mm-hmm. on the way to it, I think this conversation as well is like, it's almost kind of like putting us with Loki. Like he starts the whole episode being very logical, like science-driven, like, okay, this, mm. this, this. But then it's like, why? So you have to confront your emotions. There is an emotional aspect to a lot of these things, you know? Mm. Like, I know, obviously, again, it's all based on comic books and people take make fun of it, of like a lot of like superhero things is like, okay, at the end of the day, it's either the power of friendship or, you know, <laughs> the, or the strength of like self-belief or whatever that powers them through. Like, mm. you know, um, I'm playing through Spider-Man 2 at the moment and like that's a very big thing there of like, you know, self-confidence and what have you. Yeah. And, you know, getting in touch with your feelings. And I feel like Loki is in the same thing here of like, he has to to figure out the time slipping. He has to get into his, you know, emotions and basically stuff that he's trying to suppress, right? 
Mm. And that leads us into, I think, obviously, again, something that's good on this show, almost every time that Loki makes a grand, um, I guess, grand discovery about himself, it's with a conversation with Sylvie, right? And yeah, and I think we had a really good one here where, again, she's him, kind of. So she yeah, knows. You're really disgusting with yourself. So she knows you're lying to yourself. All this, oh, I want to stop who he remains. Oh, the TVA is important. <laughs> what is the real truth? And I also love that scene because it's just like, no, keep going, keep going. And then he gets there and it's like, I like my friends. I don't want to be alone. And it's, it, again, it's a weird thing, right? We're supposed to say, okay, look, he has become selfless. He cares about his friends. But he's also like, I don't want to be alone. So in a way, it's kind of still selfish. But <laughs> <laughs> so it might, that popped in my head for a second, yeah. But I was still like, okay, I'm, I'm with it. Like, okay, cool. Like, this is Loki that has always seen everyone as either like below him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, wanting everyone to worship, worship him and stuff like that. Like, especially coming straight out of the Avengers timeline where he was literally like doing that and wanting everyone to worship him to now you know actually wanting to save people so yeah so that that was that was like powerful for me what do you th- make of like loki and sylvie in this episode in general i yeah i, I agree with what you said there because i think that whole reflection where they both get to talk about whatever it is that they individually are being driven by like this is just what tends to always happen and then the other person is just there knowing the truth uh-huh. or helping them reach the truth is usually great to see because it always shows progress for both of them. And usually the other person then has to come to contend with something else like Sylvie does in this episode. Um, I think on your point on it still being selfish, I think the difference there is the idea that as soon as Loki makes that realization, he isn't uh-huh. stubborn about keeping them together. True. He lets go. True. He goes back and is like, you know what? It's fine. And as I was thinking of that answer, I didn't realize, like, sorry to kind of... No, no, go on, go on, go on. Like, I don't know if this is anything that would happen. But you remember how you asked me, was he who remains his plan for everything to fail, for for Victor Timely, everything to come together and Victor Timely would fail? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering, I don't think this would be addressed, but let's say, for instance, what exactly happens now that this temporal radiation is presumably erasing everything right is it erasing everything that doesn't belong to the sacred timeline mm, spaghetti and season perma- yeah and is it permanently erasing that will permanently being vague but like because timelines don't is it like pruning, pruning basically yeah is, so like you're asking it's slightly different to being pruned but here it's like the you know what was it mo or was it thought i was trying to explain the function of a loom for us i think it was mo yeah. and it's like the loom is broken now so now uh-huh. there's nothing out there that is weaving time, right? And now all these threads are just destroying. Potentially timelines are being wiped from existence completely. Uh-huh. And we're reaching a point where, is it that, at least when I was watching this this whole time, I've been thinking absolutely everything is in danger, i.e. including the save, sacred timeline. So nothing will exist. They need to save the TVA. They need to save everything that exists within every possible timeline. But now I'm wondering, is it possible that that was he who remains his plan? Like to make sure that the sacred timeline is the only timeline that survives by making sure that the temporal loom explodes and that way every single timeline that isn't the sacred timeline will just cease to exist in a moment. Yeah, no, I get you. I feel like we need a bit more information to handle that. I feel like also like if that was the thing, or if that was the thing like, like, okay, the sacred timeline is always safe, that then I just feel like what was the point of going through like pruning branches or whatever? It's like if it explodes, it explodes. Like we'll go back to where we need to be. So well, I don't this think this is a fail safe. And he still need a variant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, so I sense. don't think that that would I feel like that would undermine the whole pr- premise of the show. Yeah. But I, I think that, it's yeah. also important that like in previous episodes, it's it's nice that you pointed that out because in previous episodes, like we've always seen you know, somebody on the sacred timeline, this one on the branch timeline. But then saying that now, I guess everybody that we know is a variant and variants come from branch timeline. So it makes sense mm. that everywhere we went was a branch timeline. So again, yeah, I was, was... so yeah, at that point, I also wonder like, so we've met these guys before they're ne- uh, uh, like, this, this, this is after their Nexus event as well. So it's like, is it, so that's also the thing. Is it after their next? Because this is the one question I had about yeah. what exactly is the failsafe. And that's why it's frustrating because we don't get that answer. Mm. We won't get that answer until the finale. What is the failsafe here? Are we watching? So 
in the at the end of this episode, we watched everyone turn to spaghetti or confetti or whatever you want to call it. Spaghetti. And then Loki time slipped. Mm-hmm. Presumably, the spaghetti gate did happen, but he went mm-hmm. back a moment in time. Yeah. And then he went back a moment in time again. So I have to assume that, like I was saying last week, I needed there to be a way that all these characters actually did die. And Mm -hmm. I'm still working in my head canon with the idea that that's what happened at the end of episode four. It's like everyone died and Loki just out of instinct time slipped back in time. Um, The problem with that was when I was watching on the second viewing. Everyone wasn't there, isn't it? What? Like at the start of this episode, if he was a time slipping, everybody would have been there with him. But like, you know, like he starts this episode alone. Like the other but people But he time slips to somewhere in the TVA, not not Obi's, not the reactor chamber or whatever you want to call it. Wasn't he at the reactor chamber? At least at the nah, start. He went to the time theater, I remember that. And okay. Obi, um, Obi mentions it, or AD Dog mentions, tells him that he, men- that he mentions the time <laughs> theater. Um, and the time theater, interestingly, was a location I think he time slipped to at the beginning of season, at the uh, beginning of the season. And I think that's something else I wanted to pick up on. I didn't have time to do it, but I wanted to go back to episode one to see the locations he time slipped to, to see if he was also potentially time slipping to people like Mobius, mm. as opposed to um, just random time slipping. Um, you know, now that you mention it, he probably was because, you know, everywhere he time slipped to in episode one, he met one of the people was like Casey. It yeah. was like B-15 was walking past. It was Mobius just walked past. So mm-hmm. I guess innately, this this power has been there. All this stuff about temporal aura and things like that is probably not not the full story, I guess, in terms of like stopping yeah. his time slipping and stuff. So yeah, so I think, yeah, that's so a good spot. To come to the, what, I, what then broke that theory for me, but I'm not sure if it does, is then the Sylvie of it all. Because Sylvie mm. was there, but Sylvie remembers. My initial exactly. thought was Sylvie remembers because, you know, she's not someone, like well, her timeline is gone, right, for mm-hmm. one. So it's like, where would she have been reset to if the explosion reset her? At, from my understanding, the explosion didn't reset anybody. Either the failsafe protected all the variants by taking them back to their timelines, or the explosion did happen. Loki time slipped out of instinct, and we are watching these variants either before their Nexus events or as if their Nexus event never happened. Or well, the Nexus event would have had to happen for their timelines to, to be branched. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like that. Like whatever it is, I'm looking at it that these versions we're seeing, it's not just that their memories are wiped; they're not the same people. Whereas Sylvie has a tempad. Mm. Two so, two explanations. Sylvie has yeah. a tempad, or maybe it's actually a power that Loki has. In which case, Sylvie might have it too. Mm, that, that that last point is important. Although I feel like this is specifically going to be a Loki thing. I feel like if Sylvie had it as well, they would have like she we would have something. seen her like time slip or something before. And plus, it doesn't seem like she she thought to say, "Yeah, I was time slipping too." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I feel like the show wouldn't just throw that out at this point. I feel like with the people, yeah, I think it's probably just a thing of like they got exploded and they landed in, you know, one of the branches or stuff like that. I, I don't think the, the show will go and tell us exactly how, but, you know, like that's that's like a fascinating angle to get into. Um, just a but, point of correction. Yeah. So Loki, the, the episode starts with Loki in the the loom room the exact same spot he was in at the end of last episode oh okay yeah so i was right yeah, yeah okay, cool. okay and sylvia was definitely not time slipping because she was surprised when she saw loki do it i don't think she'd ever seen it before yeah exactly so right, there you go so yeah so i feel like i feel like it's specifically a loki thing and yeah i just i just feel like you know these people just got set back to where they're supposed to be like if the tva didn't exist this would be their lives i think that's the but when, that's what we're going for when in the reactor room did he get like time like do we even know if he time slipped because the moment he time slipped to at the beginning of the episode presumably would have been would actually have been after the thing happened i don't even know it doesn't so make sense I, I anymore my so, brain is yeah it's a weird yeah. one I think what Let's I would go one. with, yeah, yeah, no, but I think what I <laughs> what I have in my head anyway is like he didn't time slip at the beginning for some reason. Um, that's why like Loki and Sylvia are not affected. 
You know, like mm. I think there's something there of why both of them are not affected. But then everyone else goes back to where they were supposed to be. Like that's why they remember it. Like if it was something where yeah. only Loki remembered, I'll say, okay, maybe he time slipped, but Sylvia also remembers. So I think there might be something there. Maybe we touch on it in the next episode. Oh, actually, as you say that, it, it kind of follow. Uh, yeah, I think we'll get the answer in the next episode probably for this particular one. I hope anyway. But as you say that, if, for example, Loki time slips to somewhere in the TVA, perhaps Sylvie did the same too. And Loki, like Sylvie just had a temper. She's so just like, oh, okay, well, I guess everything's fine. Um, I'll just go back. Um, mind my business the tv died okay mission accomplished and then loki is like still time slip and he's like oops something's wrong somewhere and then all that happens but that could be an explanation but then they would still have to tell us why they specifically um made it back to the tva it could be because no but if it was about their timelines being branched they would just be branched to the moment they would just be taken back to the moment that they caused Nexus events anyway, so yeah, yeah and continue on from there. So like that's why that's why because they're not anyway. necessarily TVA employees. There's no feel safe in place for them. Yeah, so I think that's what me I'm going with anyway. That they just go back to continuing with their lives, like the TVA never picked them up. Like regardless, I think that's yeah. that's what I have in my own head anyway. I would have liked a version where they all died. When in doubt, remember Emmanuel's great words from last week. It's his show. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> No, but no, but thank you. Just, just move on. Like, what does Ovi say? Like, sometimes, sometimes it's just fiction. Just move on. It's just why, so, right? And, right. It's just why. And why is it because it's Loki show? Okay. We're here <laughs> focusing on the what and the how. We're like, we should listen to what they just told us, which is the why. Uh, which, aka, it's Loki's show, and we have one episode left. So, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> but yeah, like obviously, the whole plot is building up to everything getting spaghettified. We get a nice thing where Ovi builds a tempered. Like, I don't know if this is like tempered 1.0 or whatever, but like the thing looked massive, but yeah, it worked and it looked janky as hell, but it worked and it took him what, 19 months? Oh, mm-hmm. and like props to Ubi, he said it was 18 months, but one month getting over his divorce. Like, ah, a man that heals in one month, you have to, you have to <laughs> give it up for him, man. Like healing from a whole marriage and divorce in one month. I feel man. like it's even the madness of explain. like he lost his job and and his wife i don't know in what order i'm guessing the job first yeah because he yeah. said job first um presumably because he suddenly spends all his time creating a temp pact to travel through time <laughs> everyone's like what the hell are you talking about like nah, probably why yeah i don't know if that would have helped him focus on knowing that what he was doing was real or it's like am i crazy or did I do I actually believe that one of my characters came to life to help me? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that that's that's one thing as well. Like as much as you know, we get to the fact that Loki wants to, and again, yeah, everybody's getting spaghettified. Loki eventually discovers that you know because he wants to save his friends, he can control the time slipping. Mm. And I think also like as much as Loki is lonely or whatever, and he wants to stay with his friends, I think something that just kind of hit me as well was that. When you look at like um, his friends, I guess for lack of a better term, in this episode, mm-hmm. they they there's I don't know if it's lonely is the right word, but there's a kind of loneliness to them, if that makes sense. Like Don is a single dad, and you know he's just struggling and trying to make ends meet. Um, the little we see of B fifteen, yeah, you know she's doing well at the hospital, but you know we don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that it was he was able to even convince them. You know, like it was only Don that, you know, like dragged his feet about his boys and stuff. I feel like the other people just left because maybe on a surf, on on some level, they weren't happy with their lives. Do you get like, so maybe mm-hmm. they wanted something more as well. And maybe there's something that Sylvie is missing that, you know, yes, you know, they, they have choice or whatever, but TVA kind of gave them purpose and something bigger than themselves. So again, I guess at the end of the day, we want to see what um, He Who Remains and Cool were using as their job advert to recruit people. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I just feel like there has to be something there for them to recruit all these people. Yeah, I've always actually wondered, like, why do some variants get pruned and others get taken to TVA? TVA HR needs to call us. We need, a, we need an interview. We need, to know, we, need to know, we need to know what they're looking for on LinkedIn. <laughs> but yeah, like... Um, the spaghetti whole thing, I think like that was quite emotional. Like that got me in the feeling. It's weird. Like it almost kind of 
weirdly almost got me more than Infinity War. Um, because I guess with Infinity War, like I remember watching, I was like, oh wow, they actually dusted these people. But then I'm like, the moment I saw Spider-Man and Black Panther, I couldn't suspend my disbelief anymore. I was like, they're going to reverse this thing. It's fine. It's done. But I think with this one, I think maybe because these characters are like, uh, they're expendable to an extent, right? Like mm-hmm. killing Sylvie and Casey and Co. Yes, it hurts, but like you can't compare are it to, they, killing, to killing Black Panther. Are they expendable? I don't know. I feel like more expendable. I feel like I could suspend my disbelief. Like if you told me now that Everybody except maybe Mobius is not coming back. I would be like, okay, that sucks. But like the show can go and G gets. Oh, it's very interesting that you bring that back because I feel like, again, theorizing that I could be wrong here, but I would not be surprised if they're prepping us for the idea that Mobius is not coming back. Hmm. Hmm. No, well, let's see. Let's see. I, I feel like... Then I again, know. everyone thought Mobius would die in season one, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, they foreshadowed that one so much. Like, it really felt like, ah, uh, uh, I remember they, like that so They're kind of doing times. this again. It's a big deal about Mobius not looking at his life because what if he likes it too much? Mm-hmm. And they bring that up again in the last episode. And then we spend a significant amount of time with Mobius. Probably, le- I would say we spend more time in AD Dog's place, mainly mm-hmm. because that's where the, the final third of the episode exists. But... In terms of following the character around, we definitely spend more time with Mobius than anyone. And we see he's the only character that, obviously, we see them interacting with other people in their world. But he's the only character that we actually get to see his life, like his anchor, mm. like his family. And he tells us things like he's, his wife died. He's taking care of two sons and trying to make ends meet, trying to make sure they have all their stuff. And he clearly vocalizes that he doesn't want to leave them. So I'm actually thinking they might be preparing us for at least a decision point on Mobius. Like even he, it's even Mobius that he uses as an example that he has a choice now. It's there will be that choice of do you continue to save lives by working for the CVA or, you know, are you too attached to this life that you actually have here and now? Which I understand. Um it's just something I picked up on that they might be prepping us for that. Mm. Like maybe Owen Wilson is too expensive for three seasons. I have no idea, but nah, Owen Wilson will do it. He'll do it. It's fine. It's fine. We love him. <laughs> but I think, but I think you know, like it's a good point you bring up. So because we end the episode basically at the final third of episode four again, like Loki finally controls the time slipping. He ends mm. up right back where Victor Timely is working. Presumably, like, just as he's walking out, he yeah. spaghettified pretty much. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to do from there? So it's going to be important to see what we're going to do differently to avoid everything going boom, first of all. Um, I imagine the fact that Loki can control time slipping now will be, like, some factor. Like, maybe that's how mm. he's going to get the throughput multiplier or whatever in there. But maybe after we wrap up this stuff, he tells the people about what their lives were and they have a choice. Maybe that's because I feel like we've talked a lot about choice in this show. Mm. So maybe they actually have a chance to make a choice. Um, Or I don't know, like, yeah. Again, it depends on how we wrap up all this stuff. I don't know. I've unchecked. I don't know if there's going to be a season three that maybe we're going to be seeding or something. Like, are we going to get a cliffhanger again or are we going to get anything, you know, mad? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite excited to just see where we go next season because, again, like Endgame and a lot of time travel movies, it's, you know, going back now, trying to see, okay, what they do differently and seeing, like, I guess mm. the butterfly effect of, like, I don't know, maybe Victor Timely doesn't go out. Then I'm then it's okay, what does he become or... You know, or somebody else goes out, somebody else dies. Some, you know, all these kinds of things. Like now, we know Casey's a criminal. So after putting him on fraud watch, who knows what else? Like that has <laughs> you start to reveal. Like, did he I think secretly was- steal the triple multiplier or this thing or whatever? You know, um, <laughs> like it was so weird as well seeing him talk about like using the temper to rob banks. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite interested in like. Because it says, you know, we, we I can rewrite the story. How far are we talking here? Is, is it just to rewrite episode four? Probably. Um, is Loki going to rewrite his own destiny and, you know, be a good brother <laughs> to four? Like some people are saying, I doubt that. I very much doubt that. Like, I don't think Chris Hemsworth is going to show up. Then again, I don't know. 
people to say that mm. was mad for Saint John. Mm. The majors will show up in season one. That's how Chris Ambrose can just open the episode now and shut me up. But and if he does, please turn back at this podcast and you know tell your friends that we called it. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Where do you think we go from here? Um, I think you hit down like you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's a, like to me, it's just like it's exciting. I have some questions still because the impact of this episode and episode six is there it like there's a lot for us to cover there but i feel like we're also forgetting that there's still other players like we were of the opinion that we would be going into the void right the mm. void has nothing to do with this episode so yep. this is where i'm like episode six kind of still has a lot so it's very possible that those people who were pruned are just pruned just gone. and we don't visit them again but that would be anticlimactic in a way because what this season is still missing is a big bat um for better or for worse the same kind of thing happened in season one where the big bad wasn't revealed per se uh-huh. but there was an idea that there was someone atop the tva and it was a mystery of figuring out who that was uh-huh. um with this season it's been a situation we're trying to avert which is the temporal loom exploding or whatever and it did explode but now we're trying to reverse that or stop that or prevent that however you want to view it because mm-hmm. if it happened then technically it happened because i'm still of the idea that everything is or was cyclical and it still comes down to and this is where mo is like oh obi is still the villain whether he knows it or not uh, or i was the one saying whether he knows it or not but i don't think it's mm-hmm. a villain um something i saw online was this idea that I didn't notice it, so I don't even know where in the episode this is. But when everything in the TVA is disintegrating, it says something about letters disappearing, and the only letter left is the O. And I'm like, of course, people are going to eat that as as OB somehow still being a villain in some way. Like, I I have no idea. But it's, it's mean, things like that. I want to see where they go because my first question was, why is he time slipping again? Maybe because he's still just like he knows how it works, but he's still learning the ropes of getting the exact moment. Or maybe Loki's just not as smart. But it seems to me that the sensible thing to do would be to time slip to not the exact moment where it's already too late. Because right after Victor Timely goes out, we already know that's not going to work. Uh-huh. Right after it goes out, the thing explodes or melts down or whatever. In fact, they even call it a meltdown. So the, t- the temporal loom melts down right after Victor Timely goes. So at that point, I'm thinking you have to formulate a new plan. It's too late. Why not go back to at least two hours before and say, guys, I've just come from the future. It didn't work. What mm. next? Like, yeah. I, I think we're going to get a bit of that. Like, so they'll try some plan. It fails. We go back, like you were saying, maybe a different person goes out. Maybe they try something that doesn't work until we finally figure out. It'll be like watching the version of events in Doctor Strange's head at an Infinity War where he was just going through different timelines to mm. figure out what would work. So, so you think we're going to get like a Groundhog Day kind of thing of like, they tried this. I hope we get at least re- a few. I hope we get at least a few minutes of that. Otherwise, it's a waste of discovering this time slipping ability. I hope we get something like that. Interesting. But I- again... If we do that, how much time do we have? Because one thing the Disney Plus shows don't do is really extend. So we don't have gigantic. Yeah. It's not Stranger Things in terms of episodes. Yeah, we don't yeah. get like, yeah. So how much time do we have to still go to the void and give us like three iterations of the same thing happening? Or do they do it multiple times until they realize maybe the only thing to do is to have one timeline? Yeah, that's that's actually fascinating. Like, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of, like, when you introduce a power, you give it, like, limits and stuff. Like, if Loki can suddenly time slip to whenever, whatever, without limits, do it every time till something works, I feel like... I feel like we, we've just broken broken the system. Like, I get you. Yeah, I get so you. I, feel, I feel like there has to be some sort of you know, limits placed on it. Maybe it's something like he can't do it too often at a particular time, or he can only do it as far back as certain things or something mm. like that, Shao. Like he can only be in a certain situation like once. I feel like that's one thing I really want from the episode to kind of give us a, a, a you know, a power scaling on it. I know like, for example, like Secret Invasion was very terrible. By mm. <laughs> but one of the things as well, like when Emilia Clark gets those powers, like the fact that they can use them as well as the original people immediately. And the fact that like, there's no scaling. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm using Drax's arm, but because it's that, it's like, well, because I'm also using, I don't know, extremists, 
like the arm is like only a tenth as strong as Drax's actual one, something mm. like that, some sort of scaling. But it was just like, you know, all over the place and it was just thingy. I just hope we don't do that with time slipping because suddenly then you're like another OP character. Yeah, like Loki can just go back to before it was captured by the TVA. He can go back to go out and tell Odin is a prick. All these kind of things. <laughs> like like I you think, just open Pandora's box, I feel like. I think something you said there, like um maybe like how I, I can't remember the exact words you used they slip me now but it, it struck it struck yeah. something with me and i was thinking it's possible like right now he's time slipping you know he's time slipping based on what who he wants to be around mm-hmm. and also kind of with this idea of they, they've made a big deal about this temporal aura this collective aura they all have so going back to a moment where all of them existed at the same time in the same room and mm-hmm. it's just them there's nobody else so it's going to this exact maybe that's the thing maybe he time slips to temporal auras for example like mm. he's trying to find mobius he's trying to find he goes to where mobius is or somewhere where mobius is right um and the same thing with he time slips to somewhere where all five of them could it was a five where all of them yeah could you be might be onto time. something because i and think obi says is when you've time traveled you have a temporal aura so I guess he can mm. maybe he can only do this with people that have time traveled. So it makes it like TVA based. So at least we have maybe a limit with that. I don't know if that's maybe. how it's gonna be. Oh, but then what would that mean about he who remains being in the nineteen oh one? Was he? That's not open. No, but they took the tempad. No, like they didn't just time slip there. They took the tempad. <laughs> no, yeah, but like he has. Oh yeah, because he took a tempad into the TVA. So now he's time traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever it is. They have um who did they actually even Ubi's janky tempered got spaghettified. But Bro. <laughs> yeah. No, I was even thinking they had Sylvie's tempered. And I remember like I was like, I was like, Sylvie, go Sylvie now, Sylvie now, Sylvie. <laughs> yeah, when she Loki was, just... was explaining, I was like, there's no enough time for this explanation <laughs> they're doing. Like people get spaghettified in like three seconds, pretty much like from here. <laughs> but but yeah, but no, no, like she was going to. I was like, shit. Like, cause then you think about it, like, how do we we don't even know what if she tried to and then her tempad was just gone? Because that's also another thing. Her tempad has to be somehow related to because look at that. How the hell did she Loki, took he who remains tempad? I know, yeah, exactly. But how the hell did Loki even get this power in the first place? It was when they were fighting, she used that tempad and pushed him through a door. But he who remains goes uses his tempad all the time. Sylvie uses that tempad all the time. So what is it about yeah. this Loki that gave him that I power? D- yeah, I guess again, I I don't know if we're going to get more information, but I guess you know. He's a god, the physiology or whatever messed with him and then he absorbed that or whatever. I started like, trying to look like, was he, maybe he was trying to enchant at the same time and then the power, I was like, yeah, nah, like, was they like have to explain. Explosion. I need an explanation. But yeah, we'll but see I'll, because, uh, yeah, the first time slipping is, you know, coming back to the TVA and being like, oh, he's coming, he's coming, he who remains is coming kind of thing because mm-hmm. he's worried about his friends. So I think it works in that aspect. But yeah, in terms of like practically, again, science versus fiction and the science aspects is probably lacking in terms of like how this power came in the <laughs> fictional aspects it gives us an amazing power and a reason why loki should be involved in these avenger stories going forward that are lo- all about time travel and multiverse mm. and stuff because he's pretty much if he gets this under control able to go through timelines and thinking and space very easily um, yeah he's like a more effective version of ant-man in endgame Pretty much, yeah. He doesn't need the rats to help him time travel. But yeah, that's that's basically everything I wanted to get over. Um, I saw we get a little Zaniac um, Easter egg. He, like, there's a Zaniac video game, and like you can hear Brad's voice on it. So that was cute because we didn't get Somewhere him in the, in the multiverse. A happy man named Mo is screaming to his couch. <laughs> but I think that's like only other like Easter egg I had. But yeah, is there anything else you wanted to point out in the episode? Honestly, not really. Like most of my notes weren't even like they they weren't cohesive observations about the episode. They were more reactions. Like so Loki is basically Hiro Nakamura at this point. And I love that, but like <laughs> basically like finding out what that a reference. Old, like what finding out reference. that so well, that Mobius' name is Don. I just wrote his name is Don. Like it was just <laughs> perfect. Like um obviously I wanna know what I, I we kind of covered this already. I kinda of wanna know what Failsafe 1229 actually does. They've mm-hmm. hinted at it, but we need that confirmation of Yeah, what I feel like something has to so we have to get something there because they kept repeating it and like yeah. forgetting who but like it's the rule of three, right? You mentioned something three times, you want the audience to pay attention to it. Mm. 
and then yeah, temporal radiation is is going all it's going everywhere. The Xenia thing I had that as well. Um this one I just put in right before the right before we came online. I was just thinking, why does Obi work? It could be absolutely nothing at all. But why is Obi's office or whatever he calls it, a totally abandoned area? And has it always been a totally like the first time mm. we meet him there? Has it always been totally abandoned or did that happen? Yeah, in he said there's months? no one there for miles. Yeah, yeah so that's thinking, interesting. Why? Like, is that because it's maybe it's maybe it's a maybe that's what he could afford? I I have no idea. Like, yeah, could, yeah. Like again, it, it, it could be nothing. But then it's mostly rich people that live alone. <laughs> My first thoughts were like he's well off, and when he said he's a theoretical physics professor at Caltech, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then the version of him we meet in nineteen months presumably is not as well off as the first version because that one has lost his job lost his family presumably and probably some credibility in his community or whatever because yeah. it's probably going on about 10 pads and my character came back to life but <laughs> back yeah. to life but yeah it's just that like i say there's there isn't too much on this yeah, episode in I terms mean, of maybe, maybe something yeah that maybe that's something that comes back maybe it's something we just never hear maybe it was just nice to just say okay this is why we shouldn't be worried about Mm. maybe it was something to scare the people too as well like <laughs> if this was just a kidnap like <laughs> nobody can hear you <laughs> like i know we told you we're here to save the world but just know that so <laughs> thing we did to you here now there's nobody coming to save you. but yeah or maybe but my guess, mind is just dark but yeah <laughs> maybe that's you but no i think it does make sense like especially with the way casey was moving like <laughs> He might need to know, like, guy, if you, if you don't fix up. <laughs> but, yeah, I think oh, yeah, the Zaniac thing was, was cute as well. Um, we don't get a movie trailer, but we get something that establishes. Yeah. Um, and that's also another thing as well, like, still back to the idea of what exactly is the failsafe. Because unlike Brad, these variants don't have any memories of the TV as far as we know. Mm-hmm. We don't know if, and you know, at the end of the thing, it says, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, so they're actually saying goodbye to them. That might be supporting the idea that they're being reset, memories wise, whatever. Mm. But like, we just, we need that explanation. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But yeah, you know, once Marvel gives it to us next week, we'll be here to break it down for you guys. And yeah, thank you guys for joining us to. You know, we're almost at the end of this Loki journey now for season two. Mm-hmm. Thank you to my guest, Jeremiah. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Again, like I mentioned, we've got all episodes for the new season of, or the first season of Gen V now. Um, we're covering Invincible as well. We've got the first episode out for that. We've got the interview with Jordan Pitt and Lee Daly um, from Untold Stories, Hair and Sets. And we've got an episode on Killers of the Flower Moon. And yeah, just check out our feed, man. It's, you, if you love TV and movies, you'll definitely find stuff that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, tap into us next week to hear us break down what will be the finale of Loki Season 2. And yeah, it's, it's been a great one. And looking forward to chatting to you guys again next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. See you. Take care. Bye.